Thank you for joining us uh, here with uh, our special guest, and we're going to dive into chapter three of Romans, and uh, Brother Woodward's going to transition us from chapter two to chapter three here. Well, as he opens up chapter three, Paul is anticipating objections Mm -hmm. from Jewish people who are now apostolic who live in Rome, because he's he's put the case out pretty plainly mm-hmm. that just because you're a Jew, just because you've obeyed the law, doesn't mean you're you're righteous. So if I could paraphrase, um, I'll, I'll read the first verse and then I'll paraphrase. It, chapter three starts like this: What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? That's not Paul's question. That's the question he's anticipating. Mm. So so. Are you saying, Paul, there's no advantage of being a Jew? <laughs> Verse two, he nails it. No, I'm not saying that. The Jews have a great advantage. They were given the oracles of God, the law of God. So, so verse three, but Paul, the Jews didn't faithfully keep that covenant. So yeah. does that mean that God doesn't honor his promises anymore? Well, verse four, he nails that. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Despite the unfaithfulness of man, God is still faithful. In fact, our sin only reveals how consistent God is to his covenant, that no matter what sin you've done, he can reach in and, and change that. Wow. So then, you know, and this is the world. Uh, there, there's nobody more against truth than somebody that's trying to justify themselves. So mm-hmm. in, in verse five, he anticipates this. Okay, Paul, so if our sin actually helps to reveal God's righteousness, yeah. mm-hmm. then why would God punish us for our sin? It's doing something good. Verse six, no, he says, that's ridiculous. God forbid. Mm-hmm. Uh, God forbid in the Greek language, I think that's like, Stop being so stupid. I think that's what that means. (laughs) What kind of God would that be, Paul says, to overlook sin and all the wrong in the world? But but Paul, verse 7, if my sin is actually proving God's word to be true, shouldn't I actually be sinning more, not less? You know, they're going ridiculous here (laughs) just to justify themselves. Verse 8, Paul says, no, some claim that that's what I'm preaching because I preach grace, but that's slanderous. Saying we should sin so God can show mercy, that attitude's not going to receive mercy. Mm. That attitude's going to receive judgment. And, And so finally, as a last-ditch attempt, and these are objections he's anticipating. Verse 9, well, okay, Paul, so let's set you up. Are religious Jews better than sinful Gentiles? Make make your declaration. And Paul just, in verse 10, he says, no, I've already proved there is none righteous. No, not Not one. one. He refuses to get into any of those arguments. And I would say to us as we enter into chapter three, it's the same thing in our generation. There's all kinds of arguments where people want to pick apart understanding of grace, understanding of the gospel, understanding of the new birth, understanding of this or that, holiness standards and lifestyle convictions. Don't get down in the pig pen with those arguments. The bottom line is we're all in trouble with God. And so Paul, he's just like knocked every prop out from under us. And now we head into chapter three. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a lot. Uh, chapter four. Yeah. Let's go ahead and roll that one over. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is one term. I'm sorry. I'm talking too much, but, but no, uh, he, he says in verse uh, nine, he says, we are all under sin. Yeah. We are all under sin. He uses a term there. Uh, it's a legal term. He, he literally says, we are all citizens of sin. 
Mm. So it doesn't mm. mean that we're all equally <laughs> sinful in our deeds. Right. It means that our legal condition right. before God is that we're all citizens. So so I'm I'm the oddball here. I'm a Canadian citizen. <laughs> you all are uh, American citizens. So. I'm not a citizen of your country. You all share something because you're all citizens of the USA. Uh, Paul says we're all citizens of sin. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you live in California or Maine. It doesn't matter yes. if you live in Florida or North Dakota. You're all citizens mm. of this thing called sin. You may have done worse. You may have done more, but we're all citizens of sin. Yes. I think that legal term that he's using there is why he sets up using the word justification. Exactly. Yeah. And justified. Yeah, it's yep. a legal term as well. Yeah, absolutely. And he wants you to see that all are under sin. They're all condemned. We're all, not because you, I think it's R.C. Sproul that said this. He said, you're not a sinner because you sin. He says, you sin because you're a absolutely. sinner. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's already there. It's in us. Yep. And so you're already condemned because of your sinful nature. You know, David would say that in Psalm 51, we're born mm -hmm. in sin. Yeah. And so we are in need of justification, which is what he's going to. Uh, two here, none is righteous, no, not one. I love that. Yeah. Because you can just hear some little grandma in the back, you know, saying, well, what about my mm. little grandson? No, not one. Yeah. What about yes. Sister Saint over here? Yep. No, not one. Right. Yep. Don't, because what we want to do is justify ourselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he wants you to know you can't justify you yourself. Mm -hmm. He already did that in one and two. We need somebody to justify us legally yeah. because we are a citizen of sin. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Makes... You, you know, to me, Paul comes to this third chapter, and basically he says to, to them, what you all think, the law, mm -hmm. works, yeah. doesn't work. Right, yeah. right, all right. right. Yeah. You, you know, uh, what is it, uh, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, yep. you know. Yeah. So he just basically says... It doesn't work. Right. All right. The law is uh, doesn't work because it has to work through the flesh, mm -hmm. and the flesh is weak. And so he just simply says, it doesn't work. The law is good. The law was a school teacher, um, uh, a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it, it doesn't fulfill. It doesn't deliver. And now he just segues into faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. He just brings their attention. Again, I go back. I know I'm using this phrase a lot. Distraction, mm -hmm. divide. Right. The law divided. Right, yeah. The yeah. gospel unites. Yeah. Yes. You know, Isn't I mean, that's just, yes. you know, Jew and Gentile. Um, so so now we, we, we segue into this part about the faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we must remember that the Romans um, never saw Jesus do a miracle. no. The Romans never yeah. heard Jesus do any teaching. They never saw Jesus Christ. Hmm. So now the Romans are having to believe, uh, like we believe, if yeah. someone <laughs> preaches to them yeah. the good news. And right. then that's when that part of chapter 1, that in every man there's a witness, there's, mm -hmm. there's that, that yeah. God-given measure of faith. Yeah. If that God-given measure of faith can be united with that saving message of the gospel, then we have a conversion. Yeah, and so good. this is where Paul Paul begins to say, now, just ignore, you know, the law was good. It, 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 it brought you to this point 
it brought you to this point. I, I even believe he used the term, uh, the law was our schoolmaster or mm-hmm. uh, to bring us to Christ. That, that, that meant that that was someone that would escort your child to the place of education, mm-hmm. you know. But when the child was educated, that escort was no longer wow, yeah. was no longer yeah. needed. Right, yeah. So now he said, all right, now the, the law has escorted you to school. You've graduated from law. You see that law doesn't work. Now let's enter the school of faith. Wow, that's good. That's, you know, that's, and, and Pastor, you even hit that um, in Bible study recently, the dispensations, the time. Yes. I think that's something that um, this generation don't hear quite as much of. It, it's, if, if you teach Search for Truth, you mm-hmm. you know, the Bible study, you'll understand those dispensations. But they, it, it, that reference of understanding, you know, being under the law, to being under grace. Yeah. Do you care to just yeah. kind of hit that briefly real quick? You, you know, you know and, and I think it goes back to um, that we, we, we don't hear this term used a lot. We hear people say, I'm a believer. Yeah. But how many people are saying, I'm a disciple? Right. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Uh, b- believing is something that you hear the gospel. You, you, know, you, you hear this. Uh, you hear the gospel. But you shouldn't stay at that believing stage. You, right. You've got to morph into that discipleship. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. um, and of course, we go back to in that day, uh, you didn't just walk up to a rabbi or a teacher and say, "I'm going to be in your classroom." Yeah, uh, he had to see something in you. Mm-hmm. You know, there mm-hmm. had to be something that, hey, that I, I see in you that you're worth pouring into. You know, those those different dispensations that you're you're talking about. Uh, you, you really get this knowledge when you become a disciple. And mm. a disciple is a choice you make after you're a believer. Mm. After, please, to anyone that be watching uh, us today, please don't be content with just being a believer. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, right. go on into being a disciple, a, a student, because that's where you really get your foundation of faith. Mm-hmm. You go from an experience <laughs> Then you go to in to being a disciple. No, and I, I think that's so good to understand. Now, it, and I don't want to. This this could become a black hole here. So I know we're trying to move through, but if if we hit really up into our segue, but you get into verse twenty, and he says, "By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in the sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin." Could we address for just a moment the the idea that would come behind? Well, if and it, and again, you've you've mentioned it briefly, but this idea that's even within some other uh, uh, viewpoints, I guess you could say, not even you you wouldn't even put denominations over it, but that that if if that made has made grace such a elastic mm-hmm. term within our our movement that well, if 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 grace is going to cover it. Then why do I have to keep, you know, right. the, the list? Why do I have to do these things if if I can just go repent the next morning? Always misusing the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. Um, could could we address a little bit of that? Uh, you know, is is keeping God's commandments a useless exercise, so to say? Well, that's Paul's whole point coming into the chapter. Is there's benefit to the law, but not the benefit you think. Right. So so what you just read by the deeds of the law. There shall no flesh be justified. Verse 20. 
But then he, he says, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Mm. Now, some people would like to use grace so they don't have to even have to think about yeah. their sin, yeah. their lostness, their failures, uh, that they don't measure up. And yet the Bible is going to say in Romans, you know, all of sin, you know. Yeah. So so the, the whole point is God's law <coughs> is not a checklist that we keep. God's law is a benchmark that we I fail. Like that. Yeah. We fail the test before we even take the test. Yeah. Wow. And so Paul's saying, no, no, the law, and if you look at this chapter in, in, in the two verses you read, verse 19 and verse 20, he said, no, the law has a purpose. Its right. purpose is to shut everyone's mouth <laughs> before God. Right, yeah. Its purpose is to show that everyone is guilty of sin. Right. Its purpose is to show us exactly how God defines sin and how much trouble we're actually in. And its purpose, finally, is to conclude that even keeping the law externally won't fix us internally. internally. That's where grace comes That's in. That's right. Yeah. That's, That's where right. Grace comes yeah. In. Amen. It's the what the law does is show our inability. Big time. It's our inability. So mm -hmm. if I would tell Zach, I, my pastor taught me this many years ago, uh, if I told you to jump from here to the moon, you wouldn't make it. I like that. It's, yeah. an, it's impossible Makes for you sense. to do it. And so that's the law. The law is saying get your righteousness to God's righteousness. Not, we're just not going to make it. It reveals our inability to reach the standard of mm -hmm. his holiness and righteousness. Mm -hmm. So we need... We need a deliverer. We need something that will help us. And he goes into this, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God, and we're justified by his grace. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so grace is the enabling agent yes. for us to be able to be more like God. And we can only do that because of Christ and what he has done for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, to answer your question you asked a moment ago, about, well, what role does the law have for us? And if we have grace, then we just do whatever we want to do. He, mm -hmm. he does that. He talks about that in chapter 6. I know we're not in chapter 6 in this, in this sure. episode. But he hears, I mean, it's like he hears the chattering going yeah, on coming. in the back yeah, room. Smart. You know, there's, he knows that. Here they come. Okay, okay we need faith. Mm -hmm. it's, the law's not going to do what we need it to do. Okay, so it's faith. Okay, and they're like, okay, here we go. And then it's grace, and they're like, yeah. okay, well then we're just we're freeing ourselves up to do whatever we want. And the 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 Paul or I'm sorry, uh, the New Testament uses a word called lascivious, mm -hmm. and the word lascivious means lawlessness. Mm -hmm. And when you are without a law, you have no law. You have no. It means there's no boundaries. And so, uh, use our our uh, American terminology here. We we're a free people. Mm -hmm. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. He said, well, I'm free to do whatever I want. <clears throat> kind of. Mm. Now, yes, you are a free person in America. You are sure. free to pay taxes. <laughs> uh, you are free to not murder somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, so, yes, we are free, but there are laws to live by. Yes. And so I don't, now, you say, well, I want to be free. I want no government. I want no laws. Well, then you can't drive. It's, it's nothing but, it's a danger zone. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't walk across the street. You can't do any of that. There's, there's got to be, so law good. shows us what we are unable to, to do. Keep, right. Grace shows us that 
the law will help us to stay more like him. That's right. And so the spirit and his grace comes and enables us to keep, it gives us those 35 mile speeding zones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it gives us the ability to, to it's, we're a free people because of laws. Right. right. And I think Zach had mentioned it earlier uh, in our first lesson was he, he brought Israel out of the bondage of, of Pharaoh and, right. and, and slavery but it was a changing of masters. Right. And he's going to go through and say, okay, you want to be free. Well, I'm, I'm way ahead of myself in Romans, but sure. he's saying, okay, well, freedom leads to being dead to sin mm-hmm. yes. and alive to Christ mm-hmm. because we have, a new, we have a new owner, we have a new master, we have a new Lord. And so there are some people who say, I want him as our, my Savior, yeah. mm-hmm. but they don't want him as Lord right? Mm-hmm. because his law is a law of love. It's a law of grace. But we're not free from no right. laws whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But we have a new law written in our hearts. Yeah. So the role of the law is, is what uh, Brother Woodward said. is it, it does what you don't think it does. Yeah. It's... it's sorry, go ahead, Rick. No, you know, um, Pastor Whitley, when, you, when we look at the law... Uh, you, you know, there was a dietary law, and mm. then uh, the sacrificial law, and then the moral law, you, you know, of which mm. we're still under that moral, uh, those yes. those commandments, yeah. you, you know. But what Paul, what I see Paul beautifully doing is I'm building my, my, my foundation mm. of my relationship with God based yeah. on something that I can't keep, yeah. okay? So God, so Paul is just simply saying, what we're going to do here, we're going to take faith, in the blood of Jesus Christ, his death, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to take that and we're going to slide the foundation of the law out and we're going to put this foundation of the blood and salvation. Hmm. Then we're going to bring back in a part because we hear it today when we're trying to tell, well, that was under the law. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that that, that was it. And really, if I could say something, uh, grace... Uh, brought a higher standard than yes. the law. Yes. yes. You, you know, the law said just don't uh, commit adultery. Grace came along and said just don't look upon a woman to commit adultery. So um, so, so when we look at, at, at the complication of, uh, not the complication, but when we look at this, I just see the beautiful exchange to mm. be built yeah. upon that foundation of, of Christ and Christ alone. Oh, yeah. well, right. When I boast, because he says here in, uh, somewhere in chapter 3, where's boasting? Yeah. And we're, yeah. we're, I can't boast of anything. Yeah. Where's boasting? Yeah. You know, well, the boasting is now in the law of faith. Well, and what, what is your faith in? Right. Exactly. He wants you to know that your faith is not in being a Jew, being born right. a Jew. Right. And your faith is not being a Roman citizen, the most powerful government yes. in the world. Yes. Your faith is not in yourself and trying to keep a law or not keep a law. Right. Your faith is in the person and the work of Jesus that's Christ. Right. That's, that's right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, without, without him, we have nothing. Absolutely. And, and I think that's where it's so needful today, even in our worship, that we, that we always keep in our, our, our worship, our praise and worship, songs about the blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Songs about, uh, about, about the blood. Mm. Because it is so important that, that we remember exactly that, that my peace with God is not necessarily my good behavior. Right. That my peace with God is knowing yeah. that he's a forgiving God. Yeah, it's... And, uh, the, the blood I, I, again you made the you made the statement earlier that it we see a lot of Exodus even Genesis like there's there's a lot of that that's happening here I, I've heard it said recently that there, there's a whole movement within 
it's it's kind of died down. I'd say some now, but that whole defund the police thing. It's like you can defund the police if you'll live by the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Really? Like you you wow. you sure. you can but we have proved as a people yeah. from the beginning, mm-hmm. from Genesis, whether it's one commandment, ten commandments, there's going to be a cycle. It's like Pastor referenced earlier, it's the cycle of of disobedience. Disaster, deliverance, disobedience. It's like it just goes over and over again. It's mm-hmm. like a cycle of the Old Testament. We, we, we can't obey one commandment. Can't obey two. And he even brings in, in my opinion, with those Ten Commandments, he brings in that last commandment's really the one commandment. <laughs> he kind of like throws one in there of don't covet. It's like the one thing you can't see. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. I can see if you kill somebody. Yep. I can see if you commit adultery. I can see it's all an external, but he kind of throws in what's coming. Mm-hmm. Of that, there's going to be that internal because it's it's just like you said, the law is not going. It's it's that it's that bar you're not going to live up to. Right. But it's to to me that, that 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 the whole thing that we can apply is we've got to submit. I love that the term like we we use the word justified or justification, and that's again, it's just like grace. You can justify your sin, or you can allow him to justify you through. But it's your under sin. Mm-hmm. And if there's a, a huge application here for for all of us, but especially the generation coming on, is you're under sin, which just means you're you're submit you're under you're submitted to like you don't get out of that. Yeah. Then you, you don't get under the blood. You'll never get. But then you got to get under the water. Hmm. There's a, there's a form of submission. Once you get under the water, then you got to submit yourself to His Spirit. Then you got to submit yourself to church leadership. You got to su- the the walk with God and that growth with God. It seems to get deeper and deeper. Mm, that's very and good. Because the the more you submit yourself, the more that outward is going to mm-hmm. to flourish. So I'm under sin <coughs> naturally, but the only way to escape and get out from up under sin is to get up under the blood, to get up under the water, that's awesome. to get up that. under the spirit. To, so we, it's a you got to go deeper. You got to go inward before you can go outward. And so there's that, that, that the whole misconception, which I was just making sure that we addressed within this chapter, is that within, especially within the United States and the, the misuse, I believe, of, of just you can just do whatever you want and God loves you and God's going to, yeah. you know, you can play that grace card or you can play that mercies card. It's new every morning, you know, mm-hmm. or I can get drunk tonight and I play that card in the morning. Like that's, that's not what the Bible's saying. That's definitely not what Paul no, is no. saying, saying but, here. But Brother Carpenter alluded to that. Grace is not a cloak yeah. for your sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Grace is the enabling power of God yes. to lift you to a higher level of living. Grace allows you to keep those higher standards that Jesus gave. Don't even look at a woman. Forget about going to the bedroom or the hotel room. You can't even look and entertain that in your mind, or or that's the New Testament standard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Old Testament, don't kill. New Testament, you hate him in your heart, you're guilty of murder. So, So what's a higher harder law to keep. It's the New Testament law Mm. of grace. There is a law of grace. Grace teaches us. The grace of God has Mm. appeared teaching us. So Mm. so there's there's a really subtle turn that it's easy to miss in verse 21, because he spent chapter one, chapter two, the first several verses of chapter three, just telling us how bad this is, the horrible darkness of our sin. And then 
in verse uh, 21, he says, but now. Right. Yeah. There's something different about right. this gospel wow. that he right. preaches. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, but it was witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. But here it is, unto all and up. Upon all wow. them that believe, for there is no difference. It doesn't matter if you're a good church person or a bad <laughs> sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And here's your word, Pastor Nate, being justified freely mm. by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, so we go from a, a legal standing under sin to a legal standing under justification. There's no difference between law keepers and law breakers. There's no difference between rank sinners and church members all have fallen short. You know, you referenced, uh, you know, given Zach this gargantuan impossible task of jumping to the moon. Yeah, but here's the point. Zach's gonna jump way higher than I can jump. But we're both in trouble. Right. Neither, neither one, one of, of us, us can make it, uh, Mister Athlete or or Mister Otherwise. We <laughs> neither one of us are going to make it, and that's Paul's point. Uh, Paul uses the word grace uh, mm -hmm. 155 times in the New Testament. Wow. Over a hundred times it's in the writings of Paul. Over. 20, 24 times it's in the book of Romans alone. So, so we've, we've bounced around this thing of grace. You can't comprehend Romans if you can't understand grace. Grace is a gift. It is not God's response that you did right. so good, now I'm going to give you right. grace. Now I'm going to... Grace is God's initiative when we were yet sinners, before we ever did anything good. So no grace... There's no good. There's no good in us without wow. God's grace. It's the initiating thing. The fact that we even have a gospel to preach, the fact that we even have a gospel to obey, that's all grace as well. Mm. And so God's grace is this power that changes everything from Old Testament to New Testament, from you are so in trouble, there's no hope yeah. to there is incredible hope because of the grace of God in the gospel. I love that, and I love this last, I'm sorry, verse 26 of that section you were just talking about. Uh, Paul says, I say at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and, and just the justifier. Mm -hmm. So Bishop McCool teaches this uh, in Knoxville. I've heard him do it a, a hundred times. He talks about Andy Griffith. Yeah. You know, Andy Griffith was the, he was the, the sheriff, mm -hmm. uh, but he was also the judge. Mm -hmm. And so he could bring you in yeah. that you're guilty, but then he, and then he, you know, awesome. he he puts it on there that he, you know, you're here's the charges. So God is our, <laughs> he's saying here's the charges and you're guilty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then when Andy could turn around, he could come sit behind that seat, and all he had to do was just turn it over, and next thing you know, he's the judge. Yeah. So God is the just. He's saying you are guilty. Wow. But then through his blood, he did what we couldn't do, mm -hmm. and he becomes our justifier. Wow. And so even though we are guilty, he takes, you know, the, and the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. We are guilty. We are wow. guilty for all of our sins. And yet I heard you preach a message in Knoxville, I think last year, that in all situations plead the blood. Mm, yeah. yeah. And that he is, and he says that through, uh, by 
by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Mm. So, yes, we are guilty, but we plead the blood. Mm. And he did what we couldn't do. Absolutely. And he says, you're innocent. Yes. Wow. They're free. Wow. Yes. So even though we are guilty, yeah. he, because he is just. He is just and righteous. And he says, I'll pay the price for you. Wow. And wow. now you're free. That's so good. To, to pick up on Andy Griffith, of all people, <laughs> the cross is the place where the judge takes the judgment. Right. Mm -hmm. The cross is the place where some people look at the cross as like, oh, okay, well, God just gave me a get out of jail free card. But the cross was not a compromise no. between God's wrath and God's love. Mm. His wrath was poured out at the cross. Yes. It's not a yes. compromise between no. wrath and love. He took the wrath. He took the penalty. That's the power of the gospel. And that's the amazing thing about the gospel. And that's why Paul concludes kind of this chapter by saying, boasting is excluded. <laughs> yeah, Who can boast yeah, when boast. you were so hopeless that you couldn't do anything? Yeah. Uh, but God did it. But God did it. I think he, he adds to that in chapter five. I love yeah. chapter five is probably my favorite out of mm -hmm. Romans. Mm -hmm. But that was the, the whole point is that in, in four and five, we'll get there, I guess, but is that not only did he take the wrath of God and take uh, the, the punishment for sin, he took my sin. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. He took yeah. he yeah. he who knew no sin. Paul would write in First Corinthians. He, who, who knew no sin became, became sin, sin that we yeah. 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 might become the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so he he took all of that. He took all of me. Yeah. And took all he took all of chapter one and all of chapter two. <laughs> yeah. 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 To free us yeah. and to justify us. Absolutely. That it's this is a powerful it, book. You know, sure it, it if we wanted to. Uh, you know, Christ fulfilled the law, mm -hmm. but he also broke the law. Mm. And the Bible oh, wow. says that the law said, cursed is yes. anyone took the curse. who hangs on a tree. Yes. Yep. And so he wow. became sin. Yeah. Wow. He became the lawbreaker, but he had the power. He had the power, wow. to, as you said, the, uh, I guess I've always used that little term justification. Uh, you know, we're justified, justified. And I kind of play on the words when I teach a home Bible study. Basic justification means just as if I had never, never sinned, right. Right. Yeah. you know, That's just so when, when we are justified in the plan of salvation, uh, we are born again. And this is the beauty of grace, that new start. And who doesn't want a new start? Yes, absolutely. Mighty God of heaven. Who, what, what human being doesn't want um, a new start in life? And we have the true definition because of truth, of grace. Um, you know, uh, these purses uh, uh, that, uh, you know, I, I don't know, uh, Louis Vuitton and all these purses that pay that, you, you know, thousands of dollars. I've seen these purses in a store. But yet you can go downtown somewhere in New York City and find one uh, yeah. look-alike for yeah. like 10 bucks, yeah. Yeah. you know. And we have the challenge here today, gentlemen, of really presenting to a world the true grace of God. Yeah, yeah. So true. Not the revolving door, yeah. uh, but it's the true uh, grace of God. Um, what's grace stand for? Uh, uh, God's riches at Christ's expense, you mm. know. This true grace of God. Wow. A grace of God that not only says, hey, 
you've messed up your life for 20 years on drugs. Hey, you, you've got a, you're a felon, all this, and I can come to Jesus and be born again. But that same grace is also the grace of God hath appeared to all men, teaching us. Teaching us. You know, I'm, I'm glad to have a teaching grace. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not just a Savior to find me in my lost condition, but oh, a, a, a teaching. And I believe that's where uh, this is so important to our, to our generation is that this is discipleship material mm. here. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Te- I'll, uh, to add what he said, I'm going to steal it from you. <laughs> What's he teaching us? <laughs> yes. Teaching us to deny Nine. ungodliness yep. and worldly lusts. Yeah. Uh-huh. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly. Not in the the future world to yes. come, he says. In this present, present world. world, yes. I, I, so that's what that's what the point of grace is. That I was think, a great punchline. I, I think. It well, I'll, I'll just tag on. So I think the one thing that becomes confusing is that people, you say, well, people have experienced the spirit of God or the presence of God, and 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 distinguishing between mercy and grace is huge in understanding grace because you put them in the same category. His mercy is new every morning. That automatically begins to paint in the human mind that. I can misuse this, you know, I, I can go to the altar and I can get up and feel like that I have, you know, so it's, and may, maybe this analogy, and correct me if I'm wrong, if it's an umbrella, he says his mercies are like the dew in the morning. Mm. When I step outside from under that umbrella, the teaching grace of God, I feel that rain of mercy and it draws me back in. Wow. If that, if that makes yeah. sense, that mm-hmm. mercy is yeah. not something I can live and knowingly be singing in the rain, so to say. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I can't be out here and it just the, the rain of God's mercy, knowing to do good and doing it not. It's supposed to be drawing back. And so as mercy grows, then the freedom of living in Christ grows that I live under this grace looks like it's this huge now a tent or a home that I because I now understand mm-hmm. And so that grace is becoming greater as my knowledge has become greater. And so I misuse the, mer- if, if that makes sense, mercy draws me under that teacher. There's, there's, there's no doubt the more that, again, we go back to it, and I know I've, I've hit it both times, both chapters, but the more we know, the, the greater we are founded, you know, this foundation so much, so much stronger. Does that, does, that analogy, does that analogy make sense that it's teaching us there's a line here, and when I step outside of it, yeah. mercy is supposed to draw me to repentance, to draw me back under. That not only makes sense, that's what Paul said already in Romans. Don't you know that the goodness of God right. leads you to repentance? Yes. So, so you're right in line with Paul. Paul says, his point here, I think, is to say, it's to combat this false idea that Brother Carpenter mentioned and you've mentioned, this false dichotomy of mm. law is bad, grace is good. He, he refuses to get drawn into that. Right. Mm. In fact, basically, his point here, you know, uh, verse 31, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. Mm. Paul's point here, as we kind of head toward the end of this chapter, is uh, the gospel doesn't declare that the law doesn't matter. Right. The gospel actually declares the law matters More. very much. It matters so much that it mm. required death. But the good news of the gospel is (laughs) it wasn't our death. It required death, but the judge took the judgment and took our place. That's why 
the gospel is so powerful. Yeah, it's the law is serious business. It didn't go anywhere. It's still there. You break God's law, just like his law of gravity, you're going to pay the consequences. Mm -hmm. Somebody had to pay. The penalty was death, but Jesus took the penalty. That's the yeah. gospel. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Wow. Uh, we'll, we'll segue into chapter four here in the next session. Obviously, the, these two go very much hand in hand, but thank you so much for joining us at a, a seat at the table.